Good morning, survivors, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien. I'm joined today by Dr. Rosalind Clark and Agnes Drew. It's day 652 since we came back on the air, and today's the day. Are you sure there's nothing we can do to stop him, Dr. Clark? Believe me, I've tried. But he did work all week on getting the station back in proper running order, and he did brew the extra methanol he'd need to pay for this broadcast. As much as I hate to say it, he's earned it. We just have to work on minimizing the damage. As always, your support is heartwarming. Now, listeners, back on Tuesday, I had a new theory I wanted to talk about. But we had equipment issues all week, and then when we finally got that sorted... We all felt like it was more important to discuss the issue of not letting little things get out of hand. But now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, we can get right down to it. Oh, we're down in it, all right. Wait, is that our whole job here, Dr. Clark, to make snide comments? No, it's to point out how dumb whatever he's talking about is. But until he gets into the details, I'm just having fun. You're here for moral support. Check. My colleague's derision notwithstanding, here it is, folks. So, I ran across this amazing book in the library that talked about medical treatments from a few hundred years ago. Now, before I get into this, I want to acknowledge that during this time, medical knowledge wasn't as advanced as it is now. We learned a lot over those years in between. But people really believed in that stuff. And I have to think that anything that people keep doing for hundreds of years had to have... Well, they wouldn't have just done it for no reason. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because people have never done anything for no reason at all, right, Agnes? Nope, not a single time in the course of human history. Everything has been logical and rational without any exceptions. Actually, that's almost as scary as what Max is saying. Anyway, Max, please continue. One of these days, I'm going to be right, and I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, the book talked about this practice called corpse medicine. Basically, people believed that the living body had an energy inside it, and that once the body had died, then that energy was available to be taken by other people. It was especially potent and available if the person had died a violent death. So people started gathering at public hangings so they could have a chance to touch the corpse. Dr. Clark, do we like where this is going? No, but if we can just endure it for a few more minutes, it'll pass. Kind of like a kidney stone. Eventually, hanging fell out of favor as a method of execution and was replaced by the guillotine. This presented people with illnesses who wanted to try to get some of the energy from the corpse with a problem. Hanging victims were often left on the gallows for days, so you could just drop by when you were passing by. The guillotine is much messier and was usually cleaned up immediately. Um, Agnes, are you sure you want to stick around for this next part? Why? I mean, sometimes you're a bit squeamish. I'm living in a zombie apocalypse. I think I can handle whatever you found in that book, Max. Go ahead. Okay. So, in order to get the life energy they were after at beheadings, people would be right there so they could drink the blood as it poured from the body. Gross! I think you should have given her a more explicit warning. Possibly. Max, I've heard about this stuff before. People would consume all kinds of parts of the body on the assumption that... 
like cures like and that they could get rid of headaches by grinding up skulls and mixing it with liquid that they would then drink and all kinds of other nonsense. And we've already discussed that people shouldn't be doing this with zombies. That weird black liquid that comes out of them won't protect you and neither will consuming their bones. We covered this a couple of months ago. Why are we coming back to it now? Because the book gave me a new perspective. We know the living can't protect themselves from the zombies by eating parts of zombies. That really is gross, and people should absolutely not do it. But the people who are trying that are doing it as a preventative. Corpse medicine was more about a cure. Still a bad idea, Max. If someone gets bitten by a zombie, they aren't going to be cured by biting the zombie back. True. But what if the zombies are the ones trying to be cured? What? What does it mean to be a zombie? What if the eating people part isn't required? What if being a zombie is nothing more than being a reanimated corpse? And they're eating people because they're trying to cure themselves with corpse medicine, but in reverse. I have to tell you, Max, that every time you come up with one of these, I think you set the bar about as low as you can go, but then you come up with a new one and manage to limbo right under that bar and set it even lower. First, there was never, ever, ever any evidence that corpse medicine did anything beneficial for anybody. Ever. Second, even if you're right, there's no evidence that it's working any better for the zombies than it did for the living people in the Dark Ages. So the end result is the same. They're eating people, they're staying zombies, and the people they're biting are becoming zombies too. Can we be done now? Yeah, okay, sure. I just... You know, I just thought it was worth mentioning. Spoiler alert, it wasn't. Wrap it up, Max. Oh, well. Another theory down the drain. But you mark my words. One day, I'll be right. But for now, this has been Mercury, a broadcast of hope with myself, Max O'Brien, Dr. Rosalind Clark, and we should probably check on Agnes Drew. Um, take care of each other. <laughs>